Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Reunited. We're reunited. Together at last. Mm, um, we're back in the same room again because the advice is no longer stay at home, stay local. We yep. both live in London. Yep. And they say work from home if you can, but we've had terrible trouble with oh, the internet in recent weeks. I mean, it's been very trying, hasn't it? It has. Very trying. And it's just great being in the same space as you. Mm. Um, Noticed you didn't do any kind of tweet or social media post expressing sadness about the death of His Royal Highness the Duke of Edinburgh, Prince Philip. Oh, did you? Yeah, you didn't. What did you write? Oh no, no, no. So, so, so sorry, I thought you meant did I notice? Oh, <laughs> did, no. as in did you notice? Yeah, no, I, I didn't. But I am slightly worried that they're keeping a list. Oh, of people who haven't. Oh, really? Who haven't expressed public grief? And what will happen to the ones who didn't? Don't know. Don't know. Don't think it's going to be good, though. Right. Well, is it too late? Maybe mm. I'll do one now quickly. Um. Yeah, I mean, a good innings, but I wouldn't. Good. Wouldn't we all have liked to have seen him have a better innings? A better what, one more year. One more year to get his telegram. Of course, from his wife. And yes. That was done. Done me. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um. So. I, yeah, I do this uh, Beatles radio show at the moment, doing this run of this Beatles radio show on a Sunday morning. Yeah. They took it off. Oh, out of respect. Mm-hmm. When did it happen then? When did he pass? happened on Friday, oh. I think lunchtime-ish, or it was announced. Um, and I got a phone call saying, oh, we're just going to, we're going to suspend all normal programming. Just for the whole weekend? For the whole weekend. I don't know if it, that, that actually continued beyond the weekend. I'm not sure. But I did look on Sunday morning I wonder what they're doing instead. Mm. They were playing Twist and Shout by the Beatles. Oh. So just the same, really. But like... but without me on it. Yeah. Oh. I think something maybe... about you that they didn't want. Well, they took me off when Diana died. <laughs> that was a long time ago. <laughs> they. Like it's the same people. <laughs> they. The powers that I mean, the man. Right. The man. The radio man. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember when the Queen Mother died. Oh. No, I can't. That was a. Lo- that was also a long. We've had a long gap. <laughs> we have. Because <laughs> I mean, I I know it sounds terrible, but there are days when we were doing the radio show where I'd feel very lacklustre, and I would think, I wonder if maybe somebody, mm, and then I could mm, have the day mm, off work, mm, and that's terrible thought. It is terrible but it, thought. It has crossed my mind. Yeah, because because we would have been taken off for sure if something significant happened. Yeah, no bank holiday for for this one. I don't think. No, I think, no. I wonder if, like, the the times we live in doesn't really call for a bank holiday, if you know what I mean. You sound like the Prime Minister <laughs> suggesting that everybody's just, like, dossing around. No, but, like, what, bank holiday, where are you going to go? What are you going to do? It was hard luck till Easter, wasn't it? I see what you mean. Four of them in a row. I do see what you mm. mean. But the shops are open again now. They are, as of yesterday, Monday. Yeah, yeah. I went to the shops. Um... Primark, long queue, how was it? <laughs> Sports Direct. Sports Direct. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, what was I going to? Uh, what was I going to talk to you about? Now that we are in the same place, it's, it is a it is a genuine joy. Oh, have you had your vaccine yet? Friday. 
<sighs> yes, very excited. Right. What are you getting? I don't know. I'm hoping for the Moderna because it's the most modern one. You can tell by the name. Because, <laughs> of course, I'm a, I'm a Pfizer guy. You are fine. You have to say guy afterwards, don't you? Mm. Are you... Um, <laughs> if you want to seem younger than you are... Oh, yeah. Do you have a good way of seeming younger than you are at the moment? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this only applies to people kind of our age and above. Mm. Pretend that you're concerned about the AstraZeneca in case you get a blood clot. Oh, because it only happens to younger people. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right, right. That'd be a good way of kidding people into into thinking you're younger than you are. Let me tell you something. This is this is a bit weird. Do you remember me mentioning that we had a mouse problem? Mm. And it really came to a head when in our kitchen of an evening, we're sat watching TV in the next room and in the kitchen we can hear the scratching of mice. Mm. We quite often see them running about, we could, but I could hear them scratching behind the big Welsh dresser. And Sarah was getting to a point where she felt we had to get exterminators in. Right. Whereas I'm extremely queasy about that because of my stuff with animals. And then somebody emailed in and said, have you tried these ultrasonic mouse repellers oh yeah and they're things that plug into a, a socket and emit a high-pitched sound that is deeply unpleasant to mice and it means they 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 just give you a wide berth now i read about these things and i thought they're not going to work but if i buy some at least it's a stay of execution for the mice because sarah will think that i'm acting on it mm. So I buy loads of them, buy 10 or something, plug them all in around the ground floor of the house. The mice have stopped. No more mice. Haven't seen a mouse. Haven't heard the scratching. Haven't found any evidence of mice. Isn't that amazing? So it's worked? Yes. But I think I can hear the high-pitched sound. No, but you're not supposed to be able to, right? But what I'm thinking is, I think it means I'm so youthful. Oh! <laughs> So youthful. What's youth got to do with it? Because your because, ears are so amazing. Yeah, exactly. Like the younger you are, the wider the range of frequencies you can hear. Isn't it more dog-like you are? Like maybe you're half dog. Well, maybe there's that as well. Yeah. But I'm I'm using it as a way of feeling youthful. Okay. And yet, still at the same time, I'm thinking could just be some manifestation of a mental health problem. Right. Like the sort of person who says they they can feel the electricity and hear high pitched sounds. I'm reminded of Michael McKeon's character in Better Call Saul. That's what we're all thinking. When you start wrapping everything in tinfoil, I will be very worried about you. Um, okay, two things. Thing number one. Went over to a friend's garden Ooh, nice. the other day. Lovely. First time I've done that, now that we're allowed to. And he offered me a cup of coffee. I said, yes, please. He said, how do you take it? This is somebody who's definitely made me coffee before. Mm. And I couldn't help but feel a little aggrieved. That you didn't remember? Yes. Do you not think that if you if, if you were to come over here mm. and I was to ask you how you take your cup of tea, mm. would that not feel like this guy barely knows me? We've been friends all these years mm. and he doesn't. So I, I always feel uncomfortable asking people I've made tea for before how they keep it. Because I think it is some kind of indicator of how interested you are in them as a friend. Well, I'm thinking now, if I make... Okay, so if you said you wanted a cup of coffee Mm. and I didn't want to ask you how, I would just give it to you black. Yeah. Would I be doing the right thing? Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, I feel feel a bit more confident now. I was a bit nervous. You did have a job. Ideally over ice. You did have a job where you made hot drinks for me for years. (laughs) Yeah, but I never made you coffee. I made you tea. No, that's true. That's true. That's true. Right, it was my job for many, many years. <laughs> It'd be bad if I'd forgotten how to make your tea. Oh, do you know what I really love, though? I really relish the opportunity to tell people how I take my coffee. Why? Because you feel proud. You're a bit Jack Reacher about it. Like, you know, yeah. just black, no fuss. Yes. I think it's... There's no reason it should, but I feel like it says something about my personality. I think it's the most manly thing about you. Yes. <laughs> it's so manly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if somebody drinks... Obviously not me because I'm uh, I'm an alcoholic and I can't have alcohol. But mm. if I hear that somebody just drinks a neat spirit with no mixer, right? Yeah, mm. very. Just no a certain amount of respect 
about them. And I think that's mm. as close as I can get <laughs> with a black coffee. I really, I do love, aside from the fact that I felt it was um, an indictment on our friendship and on how important it is to him mm. i really love the opportunity to tell people how i take my coffee because i really think i'm telling them something about myself in that and how do you say it? i want to know how you present it as well just uh just okay black. why don't you ask me okay um what hot drink can i get you just black just black coffee just a black coffee. no 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 do it again sorry i messed that <laughs> yeah. up yeah yeah <laughs> what, what drink can i get you I'll have a coffee please okay and how do you how would you like that oh just black Oh, it's, it's you know what it is. <laughs> it's two things. Yeah, it's manly. Yeah, but it's also sophisticated. <laughs> <laughs> and perhaps that's why your friend just couldn't quite. Yeah, the, neither of those things. He's not manly, <laughs> so he can't be the black coffee. It can't be. Okay, okay. Um, the other thing I was going to mention was a friend of mine. I think is an early birthday present, but it might just have been a kindly gift. Sent me a pullover. What a nice present. Really nice. Merino wool. Oh, very nice. And I put it on and I wore it for the first time at the weekend. And we went out for a walk and I wore it under a thick pea coat. <laughs> I want to be clear here that this pea coat does, it has nothing on the inside. It has no buttons or zips on the inside, nor did I have anything on the inside pocket. Okay. The reason I mention this is because when I then took it off, I noticed there were a couple of snags. So, in other words, the something had happened with the wall. I took a picture, actually, because I feel you're looking at me hmm. uh, like you don't quite know the, what I mean. The wall has snagged, you're saying, and you don't know how it happened. Exactly, okay. yes, yes. So maybe I don't need to show you a picture yeah. then, but you see what I mean. Oh, wow, it's, that is a, actually quite a dramatic snag. Yeah. yeah. So I'm thinking there's some fault in the in the knit of the jumper that caused this to happen mm. because I am clumsy and I'm always ruining my clothes. But on this occasion, there wasn't the opportunity for that to happen. Mm. So my question is, what do I do? Because I tried contacting the company who make the jumper mm. and they said, oh, you just need to get in touch with the retailer who sold it. Oh. So to do that, I feel like I now have to create admin for somebody who essentially just sent me a nice pullover mm, mm. so would you because when i got when i first tried it on i loved it so much i took a picture of myself in it and sent it to him yeah so he knows that i like it and i'm wearing it yeah yeah should i just never speak of it again and he just thinks he, he doesn't see me on the days that i'm wearing it yeah or should i but i really like this jumper and i could, would quite like a replacement but what's the retailer going to do then they're going to say all well, it happened so i think the way these things work is he would have to get in touch with the retailer or oh. at least give me the receipt yeah. and the details of the retailer no, no, and then no. they would have to replace it it's not the in other words it's not the manufacturer's job to replace it it's the retailer's mm. job to replace no, it no, but not... it would be giving him admin no 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 do you want me to try and fix it for you <laughs> get my needle out <laughs> so i can sort this for you Put a badge over it. But like, wear a badge a over it. A patch. A pa there we go. Patches have really gone out of fashion, have A nice they? patch on a jumper. Okay, sorted. I think um, maybe the next thing after mug chat mugs mm. could be drifter patches. I think we're stretching things a little there. <laughs> I don't think, I know. Okay. No. you something mm. i had it in my head that once we were back in the same room together those intros i'd really rein it in and i wouldn't go on quite so much and they wouldn't be quite so long and rambly how long did that go on for then more than 10 minutes that's all right you think so yeah okay okay um all right let's hear from uh, drifters how is the inbox looking well i'd say that the inbox is in the inbox is very mug heavy extremely mug heavy it's sort of weighing it down with mugs which is great i mean i can't get enough of mug chat but it the bad side is, is we're not getting so many on just general things so right. yeah if anyone's got any of those send in please do <sighs> you see we we have had reports of it alienating the core there are a few dissenters, a few. It's really difficult to know what to do, though, because Mug Chat, I would say, has had a stronger reaction than anything we've ever done on the podcast. Mm. And we're getting a lot of Mug-based contributions. Yeah, yeah. 
So in that respect, the message the audience is giving us is more mugs, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the message. However, mm. it is perhaps knocking us off on a slightly different course than the one that we would be taking under ordinary circumstances. Yeah, yeah. Um, and will there ultimately need to be some kind of correction? I think we'll know when the time is right and my instinct is we're not there yet. Okay. <laughs> we'll feel it in our bones. Okay. We'll be like, I think it's time to knock mug chat on the hat on the head and we're not quite there yet. A few more weeks. Few okay, more weeks. okay. Uh, so, but we do, so what you're saying mm. is we're loving all the mug interaction. Very much so. The more the merrier. Oh, yes, please. However, mm. the cost of that shouldn't be the stories of... Uh, social awkwardness yes that's that's our main line of business here yes yes that's yes. our main stock in trade let's not forget yeah. we've got a nice sideline in mug chat we have but we've we got to make sure the core business stays looked after because then then what happens you mm. know what what are we left with when people tire of the mugs exactly yeah exactly. Okay. okay so if you have a story of social awkwardness you've been sitting on and you haven't sent to us yet we need it also, I'm feeling optimistic that as the world starts to open up a bit more, yes, people will be looking less inside their mug cupboards <laughs> and more outside the world. People will be going out into the world. They'll be keen to interact with people. They'll be keen to be around other people. And, and it will go poorly for them. They'll fail. Yeah, yeah. There'll be a lot of awkward stories mm. and we'll be back to normal. Yes, any re-entry stories. Re-entry, are going to be so yes, welcome at some yes, people. yeah, very welcome. Great. Okay, so first one is from Theo. Just on that, I mean, this isn't even a story. Um, today, we were walking down the street, and I thought I saw the baby a babysitter we've used in the past, but I'd got all smudges on my glasses, mm. so I couldn't quite tell it was her. Sarah was looking at her phone, so she wasn't looking. I mumbled something to Sarah, but she was so busy looking at her phone that she didn't hear what I said. So we'd passed this young woman by about 20 or 30 metres. And then I looked over my shoulder and she turned around and started waving. Mm. And I tried to shout back, oh, I thought it was you, but there are smudges on my glasses. Oh, no, 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 and it no. just sounded like the most made up thing anybody's ever said. Extremely, yeah, yeah. that's bad. Okay, from Theo. About 10 years ago, when I was in my early 20s, I went on holiday to Berlin with two housemates. We were living in London at the time and going out clubbing most weekends. So the idea of a week in the techno mecca of Berlin was a dream come true. Or so we thought. Clubbing in Berlin has something of a paradox to it in that the clubs have a lovely, warm and inclusive atmosphere once you're in them. But the way they seem to achieve this is by being extremely cold and ruthless about who they let in in the first place, with tourists definitely high on the list of undesirables. Although two of us spoke decent German and we all considered ourselves to be genuine lovers of electronic music rather than clueless Brits on tour, we were also three fresh-faced middle-class boys from London who didn't really really give off the edgy, trendy vibe that Berlin seems to prize. As a result, we were turned away from at least four clubs during our time there. On the last of these unsuccessful forays, three bubbly English girls have started chatting to us in the queue. After judging them to be even more hopelessly uncool than we were, we subtly detached ourselves from them as we approached the front in case they blew our cover as German techno aficionados big mistake. One of the other things about Berlin clubs is that they don't like letting in groups of men without women and we watched in horror as the three girls waltzed in before the bouncer turned to us and politely made clear we wouldn't be following them. Cut to the last day of our trip and we were determined to get into the club of our choice for one last big night out. This time we had a foolproof plan. One of us would join the queue first and the other two would follow separately to avoid seeming like one big group. We got to the club and my friend Michael went in first to the sort of yard where the queue was. My other friend Tim and I waited for a few minutes for a few more people to join and then followed him. Instantly we realised we'd misjudged it. The only people between us and Michael were two girls also together. There was nothing we could do but take our place in the queue, ignoring the fact that our friend was standing right in front of them. Tim, next to me, then made the in hindsight questionable decision to strike up a conversation with the girls, presumably thinking that being with them might help get us into the club. 
They turned out to be from Switzerland. And we started having a perfectly nice chat. But I was painfully aware that my friend Michael was standing about two feet away with his back to us, staring straight ahead, determined to stick to the plan. (laughs) This might have all been manageable had it not been for one thing. This was the slowest moving queue in the world. We queued for at least 45 minutes, slowly shuffling forward across the yard. We hadn't banked on this level of small talk. The conversation was friendly, but not exactly effortless. And all the while, Michael shuffled along ahead of us, clearly able to hear every word. But what could we do? We couldn't exactly announce out of the blue. Oh, by the way, this is our friend Michael. He's been creepily standing in front of you for the last hour, pretending not to know us. (laughs) At one point, the queue stood still for so long, one of us went off to get a round of beers for everyone except poor Michael. Eventually, he muttered decided enough was enough. He turned round and with a big smile said, hey, there was a pause. You know this guy? Said one of the girls. Uh, yeah, we said. Yeah, this is our friend Michael. There seemed no way of explaining and we didn't really try. I don't think many further words were exchanged. But somehow the group managed to rearrange itself so the three of us were back together again and the two girls edged quietly ahead with an unspoken acknowledgement from all parties that we were incredibly weird and no longer fit to be associated with as Q-mates. By the time we got to the front, they'd somehow disappeared completely and we despaired of getting in. But perhaps because God was feeling sorry for us by this point, the bouncer wordlessly waved us through. As we walked onto the dance floor, we spotted the two girls. Hey, you made it in too, said Tim, arms spread wide, in a slightly passive-aggressive attempt at rekindling (laughs) our brief Q-time bonhomie. They looked at us with contempt and walked off. Fortunately, the music was top-notch and we went on to have the best night out of our trip. But the memory of the girls' faces as they realised that a mystery third friend had been silently listening to our hour-long conversation still makes me cringe with shame. Oh, that's great. Oh, just nightclub cues. That's something I've not thought about for a long time, that horrible anxiety. It's been so long I've forgotten ever being in one, but it must have been at some point. Just the judgement. Oh, of, of getting, allowing yourself to, to be judged like oh, that yeah yeah were you getting or not yeah oh it's, it's so awful how many of that still, still exists probably does probably worse now and i don't know if it's worse when clubs have the the cool pickers mm. you know some kind of member of the cognoscenti who could take one look at you and know whether you're cool or not or when it was you know some bouncer with a big thick neck deciding whether you're cool <laughs> or not. I don't know which is worse to be judged as I'm cool by. Oh. Why can't this? It should happen to you at the beginning of the queue, not. Yes, why should you have to queue for an hour and then be told yeah. you're not cool? Well, that's a terrible thing. Yes. Mm. Okay, this is from Sharon, and I will warn those of a sensitive nature or children that says adult content. Okay, so only for the broad minded. <laughs> exactly. When wandering around Sainsbury's, trying to remember what was on my list at home on the kitchen table, my eyes were drawn to a sparkly box atop the feminine hygiene section. My inner monologue went something like, Oh, didn't realise they sold vibrators here. Ooh, it's half price. Jeez, I can't buy a vibrator at Sainsbury's. I know people that work here. My workmates come in here. Ooh, but it's a cute little travel size. Handy. And they do have self-checkout. I never get ID'd. I'm clearly old enough to buy alcohol and stuff and they never look in the bag anyway. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Bottom of the trolley, first thing out, scanned into the bag, no one will see. And in a moment of ridiculousness, I popped it in my trolley. When I got to the checkout, it was empty and the assistant was scanning to the, chatting to the tills next door. Brilliant, I thought. I was laughing. I scanned my tiny vibrator and popped it in the bag as the robot lady voice told me I needed later authorization. Oh, no. Like a ninja, the assistant was there. I tried not to panic, but it must have shown because she leaned over and looked in my bag. <laughs> it was a massive bag with its tiny pink, pink bullet laying sadly and lonely on the bottom. <laughs> she held my gaze for a beat too long, smiled and said, good to go, enjoy your afternoon. Please, drifters, don't think self-checkout's the easy way to go. Just go to Ann Summers, where everyone else isn't buying baked beans and nappies. <laughs> There's a lesson there for everyone. I spent a lot of time during that trying to turn self-checkout into a euphemism. Oh, really? Did you manage to do it? No, no, oh. that's why I told you I showed my working out, because I couldn't quite get there. Right. It's like, you know, 
one of those equations in a film where there's an equation on a back blackboard and it's all there, but mm. it'll take the genius to solve it. <laughs> I wasn't the genius in this oca- on this occasion. <laughs> well, we all appreciate your honesty. Yeah. Of course, there's the internet these days as well for that kind of thing. Yeah. I imagine. I imagine. Yeah. Right, Annabelle. Yes. AP. Yeah. AEP, yep. Annabelle Emily Port. Let's uh, let's have another way in which you are not off. Isn't it just so much nicer being in the same oh, room? It's just so much feels nicer, better, doesn't, doesn't it? it? I'm not getting irritated because of the Wi-Fi, either your end or my end, yeah. or that weird noise that your headphones make. <laughs> I do like it when your dog comes in and starts drinking water. Oh, it's such a noisy little drink. Yeah. Who do you blame more for the Wi-Fi of interest, like in, in terms of percentages? Oh, did I think it was my problem or your problem? Or, or even like 60, 40, like, you know, where, where were your thoughts on that? Because you used to kind of used to like say more, it was more you. It's the first time I've heard you say like, it might have been me. Well, I spent a lot of money and time I know, I know. having my Wi-Fi sorted. Yeah. And it's pretty, it's pretty good at this point. Right. Especially when we'd be doing the podcast, I'd be on a wired connection. Right. So I think it was almost certainly your end. But I also, but that isn't to say that I was blaming you for ha- not having great wi-fi mm. i think it is an inbuilt problem of doing stuff over zoom or mm. facetime or whatever we're using that a certain amount of lag builds up right just it's just not the same just not mm. the same it's just nice being looking at that look at that face of yours yeah <laughs> we're talking before we came on um about your lover tom boyfriend yeah. i was saying like what a good looking guy he is and i think i upset you because mm. i said you're both good-looking people, but if you you got a hundred people to each rate you out of ten, mm. I think Tom would score more highly. Mm. But I just wanted to clarify to you: mm. I think it's eight point nine for you and nine point one for him. Well, he's not that good-looking. He is. Is he? Yeah, I think you're. I think you approving <laughs> that you age very well, and I'm not sure that's going to be the case with him. Right. Right. But. Mm. At the moment, he's still, he's still pretty hot. Okay, it's not, it's not that I disagree with you. I just didn't want, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> we, you, you all want to be the, the better. We, we all want to be the better one. The one that doesn't occur to me. I want to hear. I want to hear everyone saying to him, "What's that expression? You're punching. You're punching, punching above, above your weight." So all yeah, I want to yeah, hear yeah. anyone yeah. say to my boyfriend. <laughs> See, I, I, yeah, I just assume that, like anybody, like if I was dating an amoeba, I'd be punching above my weight. <laughs> Yeah, my weight right. in that sense is very low. Right. It's the only sense in what is very low. But anyway, okay. Tell us, uh, give us a way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. Okay, so now we're we're starting to come out of lockdown three. I think that we can all say it's not one that we're going to miss terribly, is it? Lockdown three. Let's let's wait. You know, okay. what you got till it's gone. This, this is true. This Joni is true. Mitchell said. Yeah. I don't think she was the first. And there is definitely one good thing about never going anywhere, and that is. Never getting lost and having to ask anyone for directions. Never having to stand there and pretend I can follow past two different instructions. <laughs> the last time this happened to me, I was in a hospital. So this is not somewhere that Google Maps is going to help. Google Maps is going to help me. And you can say what you want about Google, like concerns about tax avoidance, violation of privacy, <laughs> spying, censorship, and causing the death of the butler from Ask Jeeves. You can say all of that to me, and I'll just say Google Maps has saved me from ninety nine percent of asking directions situations, and that is a good thing. But it can't tell me where I need to be in a hospital on a Sunday. But there is a reception, so I ask there. And I pray for just there just being two elements to the directions because that is all I can cope mm. with. Like turn left, then second right. I can do that. Yeah. I can retain that information. Yeah. But it's not. It's something along the lines of come out, turn left, walk onto area 10, turn right over the bridge, then right again. Then when you get to the white door, take the lifts directly behind you and then go down to the ground floor, come out of the lifts, go straight on and then left at rheumatology, up the stairs, etc., etc., etc. It's terrible. <laughs> and I've got the first two. But after that, it's like the next direction deletes the one before it. So I've got the turn left in area 10. That's fine. And I'm okay with going right over the bridge until it gets to the next one. And as I say it back to myself in my head, it just deletes (laughs) the one before it. And it's pointless to ask for any of it to be repeated because nothing is going to change the second time around. And it's impossible to admit to the person who's been kind enough to give you these detailed directions that you can't follow them. (laughs) So... 
I just have to do that face that suggests that everything's been taken in. And it's that <laughs> pretending to concentrate face. It's very serious. There's definitely a furrow brow. There's a lot of nodding. And, a, mm, and there's Kurt, yep. As I'm concentrating who too hard to say, I feel yes. Has to be it. <laughs> but when I'm doing this, like nothing they say is going in, nothing. I'm just acting. And I honestly think that I'm so good at this acting that if for some reason Steven Spielberg gave me directions and I admitted after I hadn't followed any of it, he'd sign me up for his next movie there and then. Because nothing is going in. All I'm thinking is, please let me remember the very first bit so at least I walk off in the right direction. <laughs> and I always do the same thing afterwards. I repeat back what I think of the first two bits to check that I've still got that. Okay, so it's turn left and go to area 10. Then, yeah, got, got the rest of that. Yeah, that's great. Okay, thank you. <laughs> and then I have this insane optimism that even though I've remembered nothing, something about seeing the landmarks mentioned on the way will trigger something. <laughs> which doesn't happen. I just have to ask again every two directions. <laughs> I haven't missed that. Do you know what the best thing to, to say to somebody when you give them directions is? Mm. Do you want to just repeat all that back to me so that I can make sure oh, you've got it? That's my hell. That is my hell. <laughs> what do I even do? That's horrific. Fake your own death there yeah. and then. Just uh, drop to the floor. No cho- other choice, yeah. yeah. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. film recommendation for a while have i you have not no palm springs amazon prime Mm -hmm. andy samberg who i think is one of those saturday night live guys and then um an actor called Kristin miliotti i think her name is i've barely seen her in anything i think she cropped up in an episode of 30 rock but she was really good and it's it's sort of a groundhog day type construct for a film but it goes somewhere interesting with it and it'll make you smile it didn't make me lol but it made me smile a lot and I I really loved the ideas in it and uh, what it said about life Mm, okay that sounds interesting and connection and love and what it you know just what it is to be alive it's one of those films so but you don't do well with a with a groundhog day type construct do you I can't I can't watch that film because I'm too irritated by repetition. Did you watch Russian Doll? I couldn't I couldn't. Right. I found it so irritating. Yeah. This film does I know the thing you mean where you you almost get driven a bit insane by seeing the same thing happen over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Um and this film does that I think in quite a clever way because they're in the same day but you rare you there's there's not much of it you see play out in an identical way okay at all okay which that must have been something they thought about when they were, they were making it not in- irritating me they thought <laughs> yeah, that Annabelle yeah yeah I know she's very irritated by Groundhog Day what can we do to yes. make her watch it well I'm going to watch it now yeah. because they made it for me yeah yeah um so there's a little film recommendation for you <gasps> oh here's one Eugene has become Somewhat obsessed in recent weeks, you know what it's like. It's like every obsession is a new one. Mm. And in some recent weeks, it's been superheroes. And sp- specifically, the Spider-Man from the film Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Okay, I'm not which, familiar with that one. I'll be honest, I think he's a bit young for it. No. But we went to some kids club at the cinema ages ago and he watched it, that he has no memory of it. But then... He saw a picture of it on screen, it clicked, I put it on for him. I sit there thinking, I'm not sure, it's more of a seven-year-old's film. And then I think, well, it's just keeping him occupied for an hour and 45 minutes, so I'll just go with it. I don't know if he's seen the wrong kind of things. I don't know if this is going to affect his brain. I don't know if it's ultimately going to turn him into a sociopath, but I'm willing to take that risk. <laughs> All right, good. Um, which I think is my parenting in, in microcosm. 
there. Anyway, so in this film, the the Spider Man character, Spider Man. Do you call them Spider Man if there's more than one? Yes. There are Spider Men from different parallel universes, oh, wow. but the protagonist gets bit by a spider, gets spider like powers, and becomes a Spider Man. And the costume, spoiler alert, that he ends up wearing is black with a red spider motif mm. in the middle. Okay. It's Gene is now obsessed with this thing and he refers to him constantly as Black Spider Man. Right. Now, another detail you need to know is the character who is bit by the spider, Miles Morales, also happens to be black. Okay. So I've got this weird thing that whenever we're out in public, if Gene mentions black Spider-Man, I feel the need to then just steer the conversation to how great his black costume is. Right. In case people think that I've taught my son to just call the Black Spider-Man Black Spider-Man. Even though, honestly, nobody knows this film. (laughs) Well, they do. They do. Do they? Well, I don't know if they do or not. (laughs) But I just don't know that it's great to... But I think it's fine as well. I think even if... Even if he was calling him Black Spider-Man because the character is black, Mm. would that be okay? Mm. I don't know. It came to a head. I was in the toilets in the park. And there was another dad in there He's a, um, yeah, with his two sons. He was black, as were his sons. And Gene was talking about Black Spider-Man. And I found myself going on about, oh, yeah, I mean, I just love that black costume he's got <laughs> and the red motif on the front. And it just got me thinking, how often is that part of your experience as a person of colour these days, that you are in, you're somewhere and there is some white person trying to prove to you that they're not one of the bad ones and they're aware of their white privilege and (laughs) the issues surrounding racism. Because that's basically what I'm doing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to demonstrate to him that I'm one of the good... I mean, that. I'm I'm not saying that's as exhausting as racism, but it can't Mm, be good. mm -mm. It can't be. For some reason, it makes me think... (laughs) This is completely different, but it makes me think of a time when I was walking along the road and when my sister, me and my sister were like 10 or 11 or something, and my sister was dressed all in orange. (laughs) And there were these girls behind us and they they kept saying, oh, I hate orange, I hate orange. And my mum turned round and and gave them a dirty look. They went, we meant squash. We meant squash. <laughs> and I genuinely think they did mean squash. Oh. But they got, the, they got the evil stare from my mum. <laughs> right. Um, white liberal guilt aside, yes. let's move on to... Chat with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. So I wonder if some people fast forward through this bit. Maybe, yeah, maybe. That's fine. That's, That's what fine. I would do. Yeah, if you don't like it. Yeah, and then there'll be something else along in a minute. Although I can understand last week when Quandary Corner also became about mugs. Yeah, maybe I've got a few regrets about that. But no, I don't. No, it's fine. Okay. It's fine, fine. fine. Uh, so mug chat then this week. Okay, Lizzie here of ukulele jingle fame says, five years ago I was about to begin teacher training. I had been advised by a teacher friend to always bring my own mug to any school I work in as the staff room mugs tended to have been there for years and were often bad. Badly stained. Funnily enough, I had been gifted a mug that was perfect for the occasion. I had a weekend job in a restaurant, and the manager had gone a bit enthusiastic with merchandise and got each of his staff a mug with their face on it. The only sting was trying not to think about my employer scrolling through my Facebook photos <laughs> to use the photo that was on the mug. It was of me looking quite glamorous at a friend's wedding, and he could have only got it from my personal Facebook page. The point was, I liked the mug, it was perfect for my knees, and I looked forward to taking it into the staff room. As the mug had my face on it, I was guaranteed to be the only person in the staff room to use it. Everyone would see it and think, that's Lizzie's mug. That's obviously Lizzie's mug. I'll go for Pink Floyd Wish You Were Here, or Spots or Zigzag instead. I wish I could tell you that's what happened. I wish I could tell you that. There is something really disturbing about watching the top half of your face disappear between someone's lips. 
<laughs> what made matters worse, that people avoided using the Pink Floyd Wish You Were Here mug because they knew that it was the head of department's mug. But the one with the newly qualified teacher's face on it, fair game for all, apparently. <laughs> I even got brave and told people that they were drinking from a mug with my face on it, an undeniably passive-aggressive move, while I calmly sipped tepid tea from a generic navy with the too narrow, too high handle. <laughs> The general reaction I got was from the phantom drinker was to take a look at the mug and say, oh, yeah, it is you. I didn't even realise. And then carry on drinking from it. Even if I didn't recognise the person on the mug, the fact that it was so obviously a photo would make me choose a different, more generic vessel from which to drink. I should have brought in a dark side of the moon mug. Pink Floyd obviously (laughs) knows something we don't about staff room mug etiquette. I ended up hiding the Lizzie mug in a drawer in my classroom so no one would use it. Break times were so short. Teaching was so challenging. It was a drastic measure, but I have no regrets. Let me tell you something. I don't think it's ever going to be a meme like a Sports Direct mug, but I think there are a lot of Pink Floyd mugs out there in the world. Yes. As soon as I heard that, I thought... Oh, right, yeah, yeah. I've seen those at the back of a cupboard. I felt like I could picture it quite clearly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, this one... It's disgusting. If you're, okay. I, I felt, I felt really sick after reading this. So okay. if you're someone who's a bit queasy, I'd skip this bit. Okay. Joseph says, "Oh, this is, goes back to something we were talking about with work people in your house and mugs. That's how it starts." And right. Okay. On. Okay. So it starts with someone who was once on the other side of the workman divide. B-tier mugs are preferred. The last thing you want during physical labour is to have to worry about somebody's China heirloom. Uh. So that's nice to know. Anyway, he goes on. Here is my mug anecdote from hell. My family is very arty and we once rented a studio that had no running water. To fill the kettle or wash mugs, you had to leave the building and walk around the back to a scary yard which had a tap. Obviously, the mugs we kept there were not our favourites and were quite stained. One day I was working and made myself one of those disappointing sachet cappuccinos that never dissolve properly. A little later, I was thirsty again and decided to have hot chocolate. Rather than brave the yard, I just poured the chocolate into the same red Kit Kat gift mug thinking that it might give a bit of mocha flavour to it. As I was drinking my chocolate, I kept feeling the clumps of undersolved cappuccino powder. I thought about how stubborn the stuff was to resist not one, but two baths in boiling water. Then I looked down and saw my Kit Kat gift mug on the desk. But I also had my Kit Kat mug in my hand. After questioning reality for a moment, I realised that the mug in my hand was not the original, but an exact duplicate. And the lumps were not coffee remnants, but actually congealed mould from a drink long abandoned by my slobby sister. The last lump made its way down my throat just as I realised I am permanently traumatised but the silver lining is I now drink much better quality coffee we're all permanently traumatised by that yeah maybe I shouldn't have read that it was pretty disgusting well it's um, it's pretty gruesome end to this week's mug chan who you drinking out of mug chan that one's for tea and mug chan which one's your favourite mug chan that was a gift, so I'll have it forever. Mug chat, mug chat, mug chat with Annabelle and Jeff. If you have a contribution, please email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. It's time now for Quandary Corner. If you have a non mug based situation, that you need to know the social etiquette for, then you can email us, hello at adriftpodcast.com. Annabelle. Mighty Queen Helen, I've been thinking about this for ages with a sense of dread as the date approaches. What on earth do we do now we can socialise again? Outdoors, admittedly. It's not just that we have all lost our already useless skills, as Annabelle's already mentioned, but we don't even have the normal questions we can rely on. Nobody has much to say. Nothing much has happened. And yet we are all likely to just blurt out streams of consciousness. So could the GLAT Clinic help out, help out by providing three questions we could ask at any social occasion? And also three answers we drifters should have ready when we are asked. 
Otherwise, I know my first chat at my girls' lunch on the 18th of April will go like this. Hello. Yes, sorry, we can't hug, can we? But that's good, isn't it, really? Don't we all look strange in masks? Almost didn't recognise you. Haven't we all put on weight? But not you, I meant me. And anyway, how are the kids? Nightmare homeschooling. But yeah, you love them dearly, of course. I don't have any, but don't hate me. I've got a dog. It's a bit like a baby. Well, not exactly. It didn't get me out of the house, though. Have you got some holiday? Oh, you lost your job? I'm sorry, or is it relief? Well, not a relief, you know what I mean. <laughs> to avoid this, I literally only have one thing up my sleeve. Cold enough for you? Help. Mighty well, Queen I can think Helen. of two more straight away. Hot what? enough for you. <laughs> and, you can't uh, use those on the same day. And um, did you shriek much? <laughs> did, um, did you shriek much in adult life? you shriek much in adult life? I suppose you can say cold enough for you at the start and then as you get as the barbecue gets warmer because <laughs> it's probably going to be a barbecue mm-hmm. hot, hot enough for you or oh, it's going to be difficult yeah, I don't for know you see I mean I'm such a bad conversationalist Annabelle came over I've not seen you since before Christmas and I could tell I was losing you there was a point earlier where I was talking about whether you know any <laughs> whether whether it's Religion, capitalism, communism, environmentalism, or a Facebook group, whether all, mm. you know, the, the, the power structures are in some ways going to replicate themselves in whatever mm. forms humans organize their societies. And I, I it was a t- bit, it was a bit much for me. I changed yeah. the subject, didn't I? Yeah, you, you did. Yeah, you yeah. did. It was a bit much. You did. But I'm, you know, I've been up uh, a long, you know, long time by now. Like it was a bit much for me. So I, I just don't R- think ring, I know. Ring me what... at six a.m. and I'll, I'll get into it with you. I don't know what passes for conversation at the best of times. <laughs> no, I'm sure for lots of people that'd be an no, amazing it wouldn't. conversation. It wouldn't. It was the timing, I think. For me. I think, every, you know, I think it was, it was sort of sixth form philosophy at, <laughs> at best, really. Um, I don't know. What do I? What do I assume? There isn't really much to say, or you can just no. There isn't really anything to say. It's not even like there's been something that we've all been watching on television that we can talk about. I suppose Line of Duty, but then there's always someone who's behind, i.e. me at the moment, so you can't talk about that. Mm. Spoilers. Mm. Real family. Yeah. Mm. It's extremely difficult, isn't it? I think yeah, I think you're right. Um, but there's... Do you remember I bought some conversation cards yes. once? Yes. Did you ever use them? I don't think you ever did. No. I think they were contingent on... Maybe like having some people around for dinner or something, mm. which I've never done. So, um, oh, I know what people need. Go on. Take with you under your arm. Do you remember this? A game of scruples. <laughs> that was a good board game. I loved scruples, but I had that at a very. I think I asked for that for my thirteenth birthday or something. And there's loads of adult like questions in it. It was quite a strange game, but yeah, get scruples where it's all just dilemmas, isn't it? Do you remember our one hundred and one um, phone-in topics on the Jeff show on the late night yeah. show, and somebody wrote to us about this. Ooh recently asking if they could use them in in some kind of um teaching resource which was really flattering mm. um i'm trying to i'm trying to uh i wonder if i could find those easily by googling because it's been a long time since i looked at them i wonder if any of those would be adaptable the trouble is mm, yeah i don't think they're i don't think they're available anywhere apart from what about that email? Sorry, Annabelle. Can have you got the the uh, the podcast email open on your laptop? Yes, yes. Can you remember? You. See if you could find a bit. Um, this is going to be anyway. No, no, no. Forget about painful, it. Forget, forget it, about yeah. it. It's too painful, mm-hmm. and I've realised that bringing up questions like "Have you ever hidden in a wardrobe?" Yeah, it's, it's out of nowhere. It's, it's actually show quite us your weird. Scar. Yeah, it's a weird thing to do. It, it, it's like what somebody who's never interacted with humans that has been on a course it has to be more organic than that yeah it's yeah too painful. so yeah so we could ring sarah she's she's better she's much better at us than this yeah we just need three things to yeah. get the conversation going in get... an interesting way she's just downstairs probably trampolining or whatever it does <laughs> i mean she is trampolining most of the time of an evening if i'm not down sometimes if i'm down there with her She's trampolining. Hi, it's us. Hi. Um, I'm just holding the phone up to the microphone. Hopefully they can hear you. Um, so we've, we've got somebody on Quandary Corner who's worried about re-entry into social situations. And they're asking for three questions that they could ask, say, at a barbecue um, that will heap 
keep help keep the conversational ball in the air now we've already discounted the idea of the sort of questions that we would use as phone in topics because it's too strange and it's too you know you, 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 it's it's like you're an alien trying to pass as human if you start asking questions like that so what do you think are just good generic questions because annabelle and i aren't capable like you are you're at a, so they're they're at a barbecue and they need small talk. Yeah. Okay. Here's number one. Have your parents been vaccinated? Great. Great start. Great. Yeah. Okay. These might all be part of a trio, but then you then you'd say, um, do you do you have any plans to to see them this summer? Great. Right. Yeah. And any any um. Any travel planned for you guys, or are you just sort of not quite there yet? Great. Great. Okay, so l- let's role play it. So try the first one on me. Me? Yeah. Um, have your parents been vaccinated? They're dead. I'm an orphan. Oh, God. <laughs> That's even more annoying than when you do that thing when you're like, um, people tell you they like your clothes and you say, thanks, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm angry. So rude to people who compliment you. Okay, is that the end? Well, no, no. I just thought um, uh, because that could happen. That's the sort of thing that would happen mm, to a drifter, isn't they, it? They, absolutely. You know, that's exactly the sort of people oh, would. Okay, sorry. I thought you were just being mean to me. Do you want to do it again? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Um, have your parents had their vaccinations yet? Actually, um, both my parents are, are, are dead. I'm an orphan. Oh God! I'm so sorry to hear that. Was it? Was it connected to COVID or or no? No, it was. Uh, it was uh, there was there was a, the war in the country I was born in. And what I'm trying to do is tie this in. I was talking on the podcast the other week, Sarah, about when we were in um, the taxi, uh, the with, taxi the guy, with the Somalian guy, and he said that yeah. both his parents are being killed. The you know in that country, and you said, oh, "Have you got any aunties or uncles then?" Like like there were backups. Yeah, maybe I said, do you have any cousins you're close to? Mm, I don't think you did. Oh, all right. Okay. Well, have I been helpful? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you Bye. trampolining, by the way? No, I'm watching The Sopranos. Okay. Bye. Are you trampolining whilst doing it? No, I already got all my steps in, even okay, though I feel okay. bad about my body. Bye. All right, bye. <laughs> uh, good. Well, I feel like she's getting, like, I, I feel that having those three questions in my back pocket would give me a bit of confidence at the start, mm. and then hopefully someone else would be able to take over from there. Yep. I'm happy with that. Don't you think that's just amazing that somebody socially competent would just be able to, like, instead of the panic that both you and I felt Mm-mm. with this quandary, Mm-mm. it was just Sarah she thought, oh, I'll just see some like, people and I'd ask them some things. And there was no, like, there was no pause where she thought, well, are these questions good enough? She was just like, this is what I would ask. And they would lead somewhere that was good enough. And then she'd just be able to follow up. Yeah, yeah. And trust, she she doesn't need a script, in other words. I don't, And I don't think she would have written them down beforehand like no. we would have done. or thought of them. Notes on our phone. <laughs> she wouldn't be going to the toilet mm. to think what the next bit of the, con- to, to map yeah. out the next bit of the conversation. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. Well, there we go. We've all learned a lot from that. And I'm yes. happy with those yes. for everybody. Let's move on to the next Oh, where's my thingy gone? Let's move on to the next quandary, which is from... Where's it gone? Oh, dear. Here it is. I say here it is. It's not really here. I was trying to kill some time. There it is. It's from Lizzie. Ah. I live in a building with an incredibly active Facebook group. First thing I need to point out, I have a Facebook profile purely for the purposes of being able to snoop on, I mean, play an active role in this community and nothing else. A lot happens on this Facebook page, but one of the best features is what I see as the politest marketplace in the world. What happens is someone in the building posts a picture of some unwanted item up for grabs, which can range from mugs, sacrilege or plants to even used mattresses. No, the standard line is always happy to give away in exchange for chocolate, booze or similar, which I always imagine as being said with a distinctly driftery tone. So really... I mean, that's what I really think you should offer, but I'm also, I am too British and afraid to actually full on ask for any payment in kind. I recently bought a new fancy smart scale. Second thing I should point out is I do not agree with people valuing their self-worth by a number on a scale, but I recently was taking part in a particularly gruelling indoor cycling challenge and wanted to see what hours on the bike did to my muscle composition. Okay? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. 
Anyway, this meant I no longer had need for my old, not quite so fancy, but still pretty smart scale. So I duly went on the Facebook page, posted a picture, wrote the customary, ha ha, you better give me some booze or chocolates in exchange for this, ha ha, if that's okay though, lying, and sat back and waited. Well, I tell you, I felt like Jeff Bezos as instantaneously (laughs) someone popped up offering to give it a home. I trotted off and left the scale in a designated COVID safe handover area, sent the lucky new owner a message to let them know and went about my day to wait for the indication that I had been left the expected booze or chocolate. I waited and waited. I waited a few more days and thought, hang on, this isn't fair. I want a cheap bottle of supermarket Merlot for my efforts. So I thought I would prompt the new owner, who had no doubt just forgotten or was just deciding which reward to get me. So I composed an incredibly breezy message along the lines of, just wanted to check you figured out how to use it okay and all that ha ha ha, and sent, expecting to be given the instruction that my payment would be waiting for me and apologises for the delay. Nothing. I now sit here slightly disgruntled. It's not that I couldn't just go and buy myself a tree. And anyway, it's not like I was expecting a magnum of Moe or anything, but it's the principle. What do I do? Please don't tell me to just drop it and grow up like my partner. He's not a drifter anyway, so wouldn't understand. I mean, we wouldn't use those words. We'd say adopt the port protocol, but Mm. I would be infuriated by that. That, They have not kept their side of the bargain. Because you've done the the thing, which is, oh, just check it, it's all all right. Mm. To which the answer is, oh, it's fantastic. Thank you so much. And I completely forgot or I've been busy. Mm. Let me um, let me uh, drop that Twix and the bottle of MD 2020 in the COVID safe place. It'll be there in an hour or whatever. That's that's. That follow up message would have been the first yeah. thing we'd have said. We'd have said, what you need to do yes. is this and that yes. would have solved it. Yeah. But it did she did it anyway. Yeah. Didn't uh, but now it. now you're outside the outside social norms. This is extremely tricky. You could post a message on the group saying, Hey guys, just wanted to check what the etiquette is. Um No. No, 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 no. No, you can't. No, you don't. You don't say it specifically about you in this thing. I think it's too obvious. Too obvious. Yeah. You can't confront them. That's insane. That's never going to happen. Could you ask for it back? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, could you ask for it back? And then two days later, put it back on again, saying, "Happy to give this away for booze or chocolate." How would you ask for it back, though? Okay, say, oh, I'm so sorry. You know I gave you that. Mine just broke. I actually really need it back. Could I have it back, please? What if they just didn't reply or replied with possessions, nine-tenths of the law? (laughs) (laughs) If you used to always be saying that. You never hear it so much anymore, do you? There's nothing you can do. To be honest, I I just don't. That's the closest I can get to do something, and I still don't think I could do it. Would you know, I mean, how often are you bumping into this person? Probably not. It doesn't suggest how many people are in this apartment block. No. Why? What like, do you, you know them on site? What, what, what's the suggestion here? Like, I think the next step is loitering mm. and then saying, oh, everything okay with the scales or how are the scales going face to face? Because it's too weird to send another Facebook message. Yeah. But making them squirm a bit face to face by passive aggressively just being really nice and asking how everything is. But I can only think that this person dead. <laughs> they've just decided. They've just. They just. They're not aware. They. They don't. They never took these chocolate boosting seriously. They just. They're just not aware of it. I don't think anything you do is going to help. Apart from saying, "Oh, can I have my chocolate now, please?" Is there any way of bumping your own post? But then going in and editing it and putting like chocolate and booze in bold. <laughs> so they'd see it again. They'd think, oh, that's weird. <laughs> and then you could post two hours later once you knew they'd seen it. Oh, sorry, accidentally reposted this. <laughs> that's actually not a terrible idea. Yeah. Doing Some it kind again. of accidental repost. Yeah. But, 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 but all caps, the chocolate and booze. Time round in a bit more bold. I think this is the closest we're ever going to get. And it's okay. still pretty painful. Yeah, okay. All right. That's the one. Lizzie, I hope that was helpful. Mm. 
And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. If you have a quandary for Quandary Corner, if you have chat for mug chat, has to be mug based. Or if, and this is what we really want from you, please, re-entry stories, social interactions as the world emerges from lockdown, please share them with us. The email address is hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music, to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Thanks to Carla Gowlett for the photos and Kim Rainey for the artwork. And uh, you're good to go. Enjoy your afternoon, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Podication time here on the podcast. This comes from Claire and Grant, specifically Claire, mm-hmm. who says, Hiya, Jeff and Annabelle. Hiya. Hiya. Thank you so much for reading out my podication to my husband, Grant, on the 111th episode. Jeff, I am completely emotionally restricted. So Grant said he is more than happy for you to cuddle him anytime. And big news, Grant is now listening to the podcast. Really? It is a win. That's a first, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, I didn't, that seemed like a very unlikely turn of events mm. to me. So I'm delighted. Not so much a podication this time, but rather a memorial as I still remember the beautiful and moving Dead Dog song from the Hometime Show, R.I.P. This was uh, Annabelle's lovely feature that you used to do mm. where people we would put up plaques in the studio for people's dead dogs. Um, we would read them out over a beautiful panpipe version of Eric Clapton's Tears in Heaven, which had the sound of dogs barking and whining and howling mixed into it. It, it was lovely. <laughs> oh. And then, then that developed into a spin-off song that you wrote yes. and then recorded with the, with the band The Boy Least Likely To. That was an extraordinary turn of events, wasn't it? Yeah. And we Why got, did that not make it into the charts, did I don't it? Know. It should have done. And there was a beautiful it. animation that somebody did that oh, went with it. Yes. That was great. They would have paid money for that anim- animation, the radio station, wouldn't it? That wasn't free. Mm, they would have found some way yeah, of not they, paying yeah. money for it. There would it, have I'm been sure. some contra. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, yeah. Oh, I'd like to listen to that again. I'd almost That's be tempted nice. to play it on the podcast, but I don't quite know the legalities of doing so. Presumably, you own the songwriting on it, so you. But you're not. Pu- you're not a published songwriter, so you mm. could waive the songwriting. Happy to do that. But did you have a song? Did Did Boyly slightly to have a co credit with you? I don't remember there being any kind of contract signed. <laughs> no, that's true. Mm. But presumably somebody owns the sound recording and that's not us. No, oh, right. I don't know. Ah. Everyone can just go and look it up on YouTube. Yeah, maybe. look up Dead Dogs Memorial yeah. on YouTube. It's good. Um, it was great. You you sort of found some of the best ones. Mm, and turned it into a song. Yeah, it was really wonderful. Anyway, uh, Claire continues. So since the podication... We lost our old man horse, Immy. I can't tell you how horrific it was. But Grant and I were both with him at the end, looking into his eyes and telling him how loved he was. If that wasn't bad enough, we also lost our 15-year-old rescue setter, Rufus. We also lost Elizabeth Taylor, the ex-battery chicken. I'm really into, I've said before, but I'm really into animals with surnames. Yes, nice, isn't it? Yeah. I got my hair cut a couple of times at a place in New York where they had a dog called Margot Fontaine. Oh, lovely. Mm. But conversely, once my dog, Lyca, was accidentally, I think I talked about this on the podcast, accidentally ended up in a dog, some kind of dog contest. We just attended as spectators and, and she accidentally joined in and then was disqualified and people were booing. It was this whole thing. <laughs> But there was this dog that came in and stole so many categories. It was called Huey Lewis. And I'm convinced that that dog did better than it should have done just because it was called Huey Lewis and people were really into that. Anyway. Claire says, the horrific violent geese are still going strong, though. It's been a tough time on the rescue farm. So my podication stroke memorial 
is a thank you to the beautiful animals that have come into grants and uh, my life. Strangely, I am not emotionally vacant with the animals. Absolutely no bother telling them that they're good boys and girls and that I love them. Sorry, Grant. Annabelle, despite my best efforts, I have been unable to get you a gig on my oil rig. I will keep trying, though. I think it was more you wanting her to get me a, a job no, on the oil rig. No, you know you'd like it. <laughs> I'm not sure it was anything I you ever particularly like. wanted. But what about in a prison, like I just, Johnny Cash? I don't think it would suit me, although there is something quite romantic about it. I don't know. I, I, no, it's not for me. I still... I mean, I could be wrong, but I think of them as a predominantly male environment. I'm, I'm scared. I'd be scared of all the water. That's my problem. A lot of water there. <laughs> Why are you, not, I've known you go on a ferry before now. Yeah. But I think you're making excuses. Not for six months at a time. You could be a pin-up. <laughs> 46. You look good on it, though. <laughs> you can't have it both ways. You can't be upset that I'm saying Tom looks better than you do and be, uh, you know. I can and I will. Okay. What a rotten time with all those animals. I know, it's too sad. Oh, it's too heartbreaking. I keep thinking about getting a dog and then just thinking about the heartbreak when it eventually dies. You can't go through life thinking no, like that. There's no way you? to live, no. Um, so, standard sign-off, stay safe. Much love, Claire and Grant. And the animals, of course, but not the geese. Never the geese. Oh, no. Well... We will dedicate this podcast to the memory of Immy and Rufus and Elizabeth Taylor. And I will give a big virtual cuddle to Grant. Yeah. Another one. Yeah. Vaccinated. Mm. When I'm fully done, I'll yeah. be there, Grant, waiting. Yeah. Um, good. I think, I think we're done, aren't we? Yeah. It's everything. Yep. If you'd like a podication. Email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rustoleum's new custom spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer after for years to come try their sheets with a 30 night guarantee plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details